Hey friends, welcome to The Empire Show. My name is Bedros Koulian, and this is a really awesome episode about personal growth and personal development. However, the episode that you're about to hear in just a moment took place on the fitness franchise podcast that I co-host along with the CEO of Fit Body Bootcamp, our franchise, Bryce Henson. So what you're about to hear is an episode of the Fitness Franchise Podcast. Be sure to go and follow and listen to, subscribe to the Fitness Franchise Podcast and enjoy this episode. Welcome back, friends, to another incredible episode. I'm here with my man, B, and uh, before we get into today's episode, want to give you a friendly reminder, go ahead and like and subscribe on YouTube and write an awesome review on iTunes, that way we keep producing this content for you for free. So here at our studio, and uh, I thought it'd be really cool, B, to shoot an episode on personal growth development, because if you want to build an empire, you got to grow, you got to be able to lead uh, yeah. in order to do so, do you not? Well, I, I think it was John Maxwell in one of his books, um, I think the 21 Irrefutable Laws of Leadership, where he talks about the leader is the lid mm -hmm. of any business. The law of the lid, I think it's principle right? number one. Exactly, principle number one, the law of the lid. And you, the leader, are the lid. So if you're a leader and your personal development is a five and your emotional discipline is a six and your uh, ability to deal with adversity is a seven, you're never gonna be able to hire uh, nines and tens, mm -hmm. they won't work for you. Like a nine or a 10 is not gonna work for a six or a seven leader. And so when I realized that some 12, 13, 14 years ago, for me, I realized like, all right, personal development doesn't just mean like emotional discipline, mental toughness, and you know, being consistent in the gym. Like it's a, it's like a holistic approach. And that was kind of the spark of this episode. Totally. Yeah. And a few talking points, but I'll kind of dovetail in that a little bit. But it's so funny, B. I know you were, you know, very transparent about your leadership journey, book Man Up, which is incredible. If you haven't read it, you certainly need to. Um, but for many years, I was listening to talk, you talk about leadership and growth and how you, you know, were a weak leader and then a developing leader. And we met in 2012 when I launched my first Fit Body Bootcamp. But honestly, man, it wasn't until about like 2015, 16, which when I had like a really bad experience I just, my team wasn't dialed in enough where I wanted to be as they are today. And your just message hit me like, you've been talking about leadership for all this time and then it's like, ah, I, I got it. Like I am the lid of my business. And uh, it was at that point that it really made a, a, a sincere stab at it and it's a work in progress, but uh, it's made all the difference. And, and you know why that is? And, and I, I remember having that exact experience too, thinking like, hey, I'm a leader. I'm a great leader. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a fine leader. Uh, we think that because it says CEO on our business card or on the corporate paperwork that founders, CEO, et cetera, um, that we're automatically a leader. And yeah, to some point we are, but we could lead our business to success or we could lead it right off of a cliff. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes we're blind, right? That's why we have blind spots. We're blind to the things that we lack to become better leaders. And so it does, it's, it, until it hits you in the face where you have a situation like you did or I did where I had a massive panic attack and realized like I'm you know, I, I, at the time, I resented the handful of employees that I had. I hated going to work. I felt like I was an imposter. I didn't feel like I, I was managing my energy and my time and my productivity well. And I felt like any minute now, the bottom's gonna fall out of my whole life, mm -hmm. never mind the business of the whole life. And then that led to a Monday morning panic attack, which I thought was a heart attack. Um, and that led to 
going, all right, you know, working with a therapist because the doctors put me on Xanax to kind of help manage my anxiety and stress. Um, and I lost all creativity, man, when I was on Xanax. And it just numbs you so much that I had no desire to work and be creative. And so I said, hey, doc, I, I can't do this Xanax thing. Mm-hmm. He goes, have you thought about working with a therapist to kind of talk therapy through your anxiety and, and, and kind of panic attacks that you're having? And that's when I started working with a therapist. Um, and there I started to learn about emotional discipline, mental discipline, halt, hungry, angry, lonely, tired. Mm-hmm. Those things trigger anxieties for me. Um, and then from there I realized, like, I started reading these Navy SEAL books where I realized to them, they've dealt with such adversity in war that what is a nine or a 10 on the stress Richter scale to me is like a three or a four to them because they've dealt with so much crap. Totally. Right, in battle. I'm like, how do I get their mindset? And then I realized like, all they ever do is tough things that people go, oh, that's impossible to do, but a Navy SEAL can do it, you know, where they do like 25 pull-ups straight, and you know, Ray Cashcare, former Navy SEAL, one of our dear friends, and he works with us, he does 1,622 push-ups every Saturday morning live on Instagram. Beast mode, man. Beast mode, right? And it's like, holy smokes! Wow! And you went. If if you were to jump in and do two, three, four rounds with him on that, all of a sudden you're like, man, I did something on a Saturday morning I don't normally do, way out of my comfort zone, on live Instagram, and you feel this little jolt of confidence and a little jolt of competency that grew in you, and all of a sudden that lid goes higher. And so once I figured that out, for me, I started doing these six week challenges that were um, you know, trained for six weeks, run a marathon. Because I had told myself, I'll never run a marathon. I'm not made to run a marathon. I'm not made to run, period. I'm just here to lift weights and, and eat proteins. And uh, we, we do that. We paint ourselves into a box of, here's who I am, our new identity. When really, the human physiology, psyche, is so pliable if you give it new uh, challenges. And so I started doing these different six-week challenges to put myself out of my comfort zone, things that were uncomfortable to me that I was afraid of doing, uh, jujitsu, MMA fighting, uh, train for six weeks, run a marathon, uh, surf challenge, uh, rock climbing, and all those things led to me having a better emotional, mental discipline where I'd walk into HQ and if someone's freaking out over something that has gone wrong, they were freaking out at a level eight, nine, or a 10, and when I would hear about it, I'm like, easy solve, easy Mm -hmm. fix. It was like, to me, it was a two or three because I'd done such scarier and tougher, more difficult things in such a short period of time of six weeks. Totally. Uh, and I'm like, oh my God, I cracked the code of the Navy SEAL, you know? Um, so, so to me, that was a huge thing. And you, you've done your versions of that. Um, so I suppose we ought to talk about it at some point here. Yeah, and I'll jump in. But I do want to flip back to the Masogi challenge, which you fired up last year. Yeah, yeah. And actually, let, let's, let's take a left turn there. Um, I know you just kind of talked to our HQ team uh, that uh, you're putting on, I guess, round two of the event that we mm-hmm. did last December, although with a different spin. Um, Suckfest, is it? Is it not? Yeah, yeah. So, okay. so the Japanese, yeah, yeah. The Japanese are very eloquent. Yes. And they call it misugi. Uh, I'm more of a knuckle-dragging animal, so I call it Suckfest because it sucked last year, didn't it? it I didn't. mean, you you joined me. So last December third of 2020, uh, myself, you, uh, Diana, my wife, and like two or three others here from HQ, mm-hmm. we decided from sundown to sunup that we were going to hike Chino Hills. And so in 13 hours, we got in 37 miles. 
uh, untrained. 37 miles. 37 miles in hills, not the straightaways, it's right? Like t 10 more or 11 more than a marathon. Right. And so what Masogi is, and I just learned about Masogi the year previous, Masogi is a, a ancient Japanese practice where right around December, as they're coming on to a new year, the practice would be almost like this cleansing of yourself of doing something very difficult, so tough that there's there's a great chance that you may not make it through. You, not as in that you will die, but that you may just give up and not do the, the amount of time or distance or whatever that you're yeah, gonna do. Not succeed. Yeah, an example of Masogi that I read about was, uh, and this was something, you know, there's a lot of great waterfalls in, in Japan, and so somebody would commit to, I'm gonna go and stand under that cold waterfall where just pounding water is hitting me. Uh, I'm gonna do it for 10 hours straight. And they're just going to stand under there and go into this trance, into this place of meditation, of cleansing, preparing themselves. Well, if I just did that, then I'm going to take on this new year like, like a beast, mm -hmm. you know? And I'm like, oh, that is cool. And so that's how Suckfest was born last year. And while it was just five or six of us that did it, uh, this year the Suckfest is, you know, we're going to work out. We're going to do two sets in the gym and then run outside of our gym, and then run around the building, which is two-tenths of a mile. And then go back in the gym to do two sets of 15 reps each, um, and then run outside and run around the gym again, which is two-tenths of a mile. And we do that 136 rounds, and we'll have done 4,080 repetitions in the gym, and we'll have done 26.2 miles of running, which is the equivalent of a marathon. marathon. So uh, let's reverse engineer that because we were just at your housewarming um, party this past weekend, which is awesome. And uh, Dai was kind of saying, this is kind of a, a, not a tradition, but this is actually how you do circuit training with the family. Yeah. Um, you know, some sort of like weightlifting component. Yeah, we call it shred burn. <laughs> shred burn. Shred in the gym, and then you run outside around the building, burn the fat. Yeah. Uh, copy. We just gave it a goofy name. And that's kind of how this Masogi came to yeah. be. Yeah. So I was like, all right, December's coming up. What am I going to do to Masogi myself? to challenge myself to do something very sucky mm -hmm. on a weekend when everyone else is going to rest. And I was like, ooh, what if I did shred burn to a point where we did a marathon? Well, how many laps would that be? 136 laps. Okay. Well, how many reps? How, what would I be doing in the gym? Oh, my God, it'd be over 4,000 repetitions on biceps, triceps, back, shoulders, chest, legs. And so I go, hey, son, hey, wife, hey, daughter, you guys want to do it? They go, yes. <laughs> And then I announced to the HQ. And so now we've got 20 some odd people, including a, 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 few, a few Fit Body owners actually, who are gonna do it with us. Yeah, actually I have two of my local team as well that uh, mm -hmm. respond to the call. Yeah. Um, I think it's so, so, so valuable because at the end of the day, in order to, to derive confidence, you gotta do hard stuff, right? Yeah. Um, it's really self-confidence and your friend Ed uh, Melette says this is, um, you know, Creating confidence is, is self-trust. It's keeping the comments, uh, promises yourself and executing out those promises. Yeah. And for me, probably the one, one of the biggest ones to kind of lay the foundation, and we'll kind of go back and forth on a little bit, a few of our stories here, but uh, was actually fitness. Uh, when I moved from the Midwest and you know, certainly had uh, you know, a nice upbringing there, 
uh, and nothing wrong with the Midwest, but uh, I say this with love, not the fitness capital of the world. Sure. And, uh, you know, in 2005, I moved to, to LA and I was really excited about that. But, you know, I had little professional skills to offer the world. I wasn't in shape. I had 20 pounds of body fat, 20 pounds less of muscle. And I was, you know, not uh, insecure. I didn't have this vibrance for life. And a fortuitous situation happened to me where a good friend of mine moved to California and this guy was ripped. He was shredded uh, in college. All the girls loved him. And uh, he was just a really fit guy. So, you know, I knew fitness was hard. I knew it was challenging. And uh, when I finally mustered up enough courage to ask him uh, if he, you know, could show me a little bit about circuit training and all that, he said he would. Uh, however, he's like, Bryce, I got to be honest with you, like dozens of guys have asked me this and not one person have, has stuck with it because it's not easy. It's it's hard. And it takes a lot of, you know, grit and, and determination. And uh, so I said, you know what, screw it. Let's go. And, uh, you know, when I first went in there first few weeks, I'm not going to lie, man, it was brutal. It was miserable. I hadn't lift, uh, you know, weight, lit, weights in my life and uh, doing circuit training and squatting and pressing and then eating clean nutrition. I mean, it was, it was horrible. And I thought about quitting so many times, yeah. but it's about sticking through. And uh, what I learned in that experience is when you do hard things, you grow yourself as a person, you gain more confidence, you gain more clarity, you gain more influence. And really that's what leadership's all about. Uh, so that's really probably, you know, for, for me, one of the first kind of misogies that I did that's, you know, led me to sitting here with you today. Yeah. Well, you know, it's it's no surprise there's that saying, and your story reminded me of it, that when you when you choose hard, you have an easy life. When you choose easy, you have a hard life. Mm -hmm. And you, you chose to do hard things, and therefore, it's not that therefore life got easy for you, it's that when you do hard things, like wake up early, control your calories and your, and your nutrition, uh, when when there's bagels and donuts and everyone else is running to Starbucks getting the frappa macchiato, and you're like, hey, I'm just going to drink an iced coffee that's got like 12 calories, right? And you have this discipline of consistently working out. Where I've I've always said, if 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 I don't, if for whatever reason I miss my morning workout, I am not allowed to go to sleep unless I work out that evening, even if it's two in the morning. And when it becomes a non-negotiable for me, it's, there's been times I've been in the gym at two in the morning working out. Love that because. It's a promise I'm keeping to myself, which builds confidence and reputation. Like, you know, if someone's like, hey, what's B's reputation? You're like, well, I know him. Like, if he says he's going to do something, he does it. But if deep down inside I say I'm going to do a workout and I don't, I'm like, no one will know. Mm, but you will. But I know. And you my will. subconscious mind knows that I'm unreliable. And so when we do these hard things that most people organically gravitate towards comfort and we choose discomfort, then life gets easy because when hardships do come, economic crash, bad news about a family member getting sick, um, coronavirus and the world going into fear and lockdown, you go, oh, you know what? I know how to handle this. I've got the mental discipline to take this one step at a time. This is easier for me to handle mm -hmm. and it's difficult for that person to handle because they chose easy. They constantly chose the easy path to stay an extra 10, 20 minutes in bed, to eat crappy food, to skip their workouts, to say one day I'm gonna start working out but never worked out. They've chosen easy so much that they've lost their spine, they've become a gelatinous mass of indecision, and therefore they operate out of a place of fear when something scary happens, whereas the person who's kept their promises and done hard stuff and dealt with adversity for a sustained period of time goes, you know what? That hard thing for everybody else um, seems easy to me. And it's because you've just developed that strong 
mental muscle, emotional muscle, mm -hmm. physical muscle to endure. Um, you, you know, I was falling apart as a leader, man, back in 2011, 2012. I just felt like I was such an imposter. I wasn't meant to run a large business like a franchise. What did I do to get myself into this? And it wasn't until I had that anxiety attack in 2013 you know, it's funny, you, you, you sometimes think like, man, this bad thing happened to me. That was my saving grace. It made me a better husband, it made me a better father, it made me a better entrepreneur and leader. Um, my, all of our businesses just skyrocketed, hockey sticked. As I became a better leader, it was no coincidence that Fit Body Bootcamp hit the Inc. 5000 list three years in a row of fastest growing franchises, Entrepreneur Magazine's top 200 franchises uh, two years in a row. And I could directly connect the dots of me doing hard stuff and the business growing, my relationships deepening, like those dots connect. And it's, it's been such a neat experience to see that firsthand. Totally. Now, what would you say, kind of looking back, B, kind of flipping this back to you, because you know, we you know, talked about your six-week challenges, your surfing, your running, your BJJ, or Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. What would you say uh, in the last handful of years has probably been the, the biggest challenge for you? The, 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 the BJJ, the jiu-jitsu has been the biggest challenge, and I'll tell you why. Um, most everything else, the running of a marathon, like you go, I hired a running coach, mm -hmm. but she wrote my, my program for the six weeks, which was an accelerated training program, right? Mm -hmm. So then in six weeks, I can go from never running to running a marathon. Uh, but then I would go out and run on my own. You know, I got no one yelling at me, twisting my arm over my ear and, you know, getting me to tap out and cry. Same with surfing. Like I hired a surf coach, but that's just you and the waves and you, you get it. Mm -hmm. um, rock climbing, same thing. Um, MMA challenge was while we were boxing and there was some grappling, something about the jujitsu three days a week. All my training for all these six-week challenges, were, uh, the, the rule is it's going to be three days a week, two hours for each training session, and then at the end, there's got to be a thing. There's got to be like a, uh, a, a race, climax, a competition, a, a climax, yeah. And you always have some sort of guide or a coach with you. Yeah, you? yeah, because yeah, I'm trying to get really good in such a short period of time that I hire a coach who can help me get past all the learning curves quickly. And so I hired Pete Sutton. He's a third-degree black belt, just... just a human Gumby in terms of how pliable his body is. And he's forgotten more than like the average black belt knows about jujitsu. So now he comes to, he came to our, our gym, BK Strength, and we put out the mats and it's just me and him for two hours. And so immediately I'm intimidated because while I'm strong and big, he showed me within the first 10 minutes of session one that he can just manipulate my body and give me pain and discomfort and cut out my airway. He could choke me with the airway choke. Mm -hmm. a I didn't even know there was a blood choke. In other words, he could stop the blood from going to my head, and therefore I could pass out that way. Or he could do an airway choke where he could stop my breathing, and therefore you pass out from lack of oxygen. Mm -hmm. Or he could make you tap out from anywhere from your ankle to your knee to your hip to your neck to your elbow to your wrist to your shoulder by some kind of manipulation. And he'll, there was a, there was a session with him Bryce, where I felt like I'm in control. I'm under him, but in jujitsu, as Ed will tell you here, in jujitsu, if you're under someone, you actually have greater control as long as you're on your back. Like that's, that's a good position to be in. So I'm like, oh, I got him. And I'm like trying to manipulate his neck and get around his collar to choke him with his gi, okay. right? And he's putting up a bit of a fight. Little do I know he's using his feet to get my 
I don't even know if it was my knee or my ankle and something where all of a sudden I'm so busy here with my hands and I'm like, ow, 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 but the pain is like in my leg and he just starts laughing. He goes, yeah, I just, you know, a little trickery, smoke and mirrors. Well, you're, you think I've got, you're doing something here. I've got you there. Mm-hmm. Imagine being so talented where, and so I would drive, I would drive away from those jujitsu sessions feeling like I was hit by a truck only to know that within 24 hours, I got to be back on the mats with this like psycho. Savage man. Yeah. And, and I remember a couple of times, truth be told, driving down Central, I picked up my phone and I was going to text him like, uh, hey, Coach Pete, uh, running late at the office, so can't make it. But no worries. I've already paid you, so you're good to go. Because I have that inner conversation like, do I really want to deal with this guy right now? But I'm like, you know what, dude, just go do it. Mm-hmm. And every time I would have those inner negative conversations, I would just force myself like to go do it and every time within the first 20 minutes on the mats i got comfortable and more comfortable and more comfortable to the point where we would warm up and then we do this thing called shrimping etc which is a little warm-up technique and then a way to get out of a jujitsu hold um but then you know we tap the mat high five and off we go for rolling etc and not that i've never pinned him once and never got him to tap out ever in the six weeks and three times a week per week but i felt so confident that all right, so great. He's choking me out. Let me just see how this feels. Okay, I'm blacking out. Tap. And all of a sudden, the last two or three weeks of the six-week challenge, this weird confidence built in me Oh yeah. that, God forbid, if I'm in a tussle with someone who is trained, I know how to get my way out of it. I may not be able to pin them yet or choke them yet. I know how to get my way out of it and, and get, 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 in a, get in a dominant position. Um, but man, was it intimidating. Man, is it scary when the world, like this part, he's so good. He goes, all right, just, he goes, just let me go with it. I'll, I'll, you tap out and I'll let go. He goes, now your left side is going to start blacking out. Like he could control the blood flow on whatever side of my head. And it would just, like someone's drawing a black curtain, Bryce, from your left to your right. And I was like, all right, all right, I tap, dude. Great little show thing that you did. Fantastic. I'm good. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, but it's scary. And I realized part of it is I'm a control freak, right? Like I control every, every element around me. And someone now all of a sudden controls my blood flow, my airway, and my joints. Uh, it was a pretty scary thing, yeah. but it created so much personal growth. That's where the growth happens. Actually, Beatrice reminds me, um, we were uh, with our mutual friend CJ, who just did the project and was like very open and speaking in the project, Modern Day Night Project. Man, that is like a test of mind, body, soul. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me when he was you know, younger, um, you know, his father you know, kind of didn't give him the confidence that he needed in certain aspects of life. So he's kind of like walked through life with this little chip on his shoulders, this little kind of like wanting, and he was always being afraid of claustrophobic so when he went through the project and through that 72 hour experience you know when we went through the that body back situation uh-huh. um incredibly incredibly challenged for him but uh, as he recounted the story past the project he got through it and he's like dude there, there was many times i thought about cr- quitting but i freaking sucked it up and i got through it and on the back of the other side and i've heard it from him and i've probably heard it from like probably 15 guys that have gone through it that is the best experience of their life because they faced their fears they did hard uh-huh. stuff and they, they got better from the experience yeah it really is neat how even though we are naturally programmed to run towards comfort mm-hmm. and convenience and look how convenient life has gotten where we could sit here and order a chicken salad from habit and it could get here by the time we're done with this podcast mm-hmm. and then you could sit here and order groceries to get to your house and you could say i want bananas that are green or yellow or have the little brown dots and almost ripe like that's how specific you can be with instacart so life has gotten so convenient we've gotten so comfortable 
and are, we are designed for convenience and comfort because the caveman didn't have much convenience or comfort. So he was always looking for it. Yeah, none. None, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, and when he can create a little bit of fire and, okay, there's a little bit of comfort, warmth. When he could find a little cave and, okay, there's a little comfort, security. I could, if I found water, convenient, I could just put in a little little thing and bring it to my, my wife and kids. Um, that was a good thing. But now we're overwhelmed with so much convenience and comfort, and yet we're programmed to seek it out that we see all this convenience and comfort and we just go, oh my God, I'm gonna Netflix and eat bonbons and purge watch and binge watch, whatever it's called. Uh, before you know it, you're just like a sloth and you've weakened your mental, emotional, and physical state. And when something hard happens in life that's like a four or five on a Richter scale, it feels like a 10 or a 12 on a Richter scale mm -hmm. because you've just atrophied your mental, emotional, and physical muscles. And so we have to now fight our instincts and seek out adversity, seek out hardship, and avoid com comfort and convenience. Like last night, I worked out at 9 p.m. Uh, with with Dai, and we did shred burn, except on the straightaways, I decided to sprint, because I'm really trying to lean out more, so on, on, on the long straightaway behind the gym, I was like, I'm gonna sprint. And it was my second workout of the day. I'm keeping myself at a very low uh, carb uh, carbs right now, just because I'm trying to get leaner. And so not a lot of energy. And once we were done with our five rounds of shred burn, I was like, hey babe, before we put, put on our jackets and leave, I just, I'm dripping with sweat. I laid on the turf and I just felt the ground of, the hard ground of the turf felt so good and comfortable. It felt like, like my mattress in that moment because that workout for 48 minutes was so hard. And if I just walked into the gym and laid on that ground, I'm like, this is uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Or if I walked into the house and laid on my bed, I wouldn't enjoy that bed as much as I did after a 48-minute workout where I came home, showered, and then laid in my bed. I'm like, oh, what a... I mean, you enjoy the comforts of life more if you go put yourself through hardship just before that. Totally. And it's interesting. You just kind of sparked my memory being that, you know, this is a fitness podcast and we're talking about leadership and growth. Um, you know, human nature is to seek comfort, is to seek the the path of least resistance, kind of like electric, the electrical current always seeks the path of least resistance. That's the same with human yeah. nature. Yeah. And you think about it, I mean, shoot, man, we're, we're going through the, what in my opinion is the real pandemic, the obesity pandemic, only ha almost yeah. half our population is statistically obese obese. Uh, another, I think 20% is severe obese. And it's not because of lack of knowledge. It's not because of lack of education. If you ask the, the average person on the street, B, you know, what's better for me, a chicken salad or a tub of Ben and Jerry's ice cream, they're going to tell you the salad, right? But, but there, there's, a, there's a disconnect in terms of actually choosing the hard, because let's face it, the Ben and Jerry's takes, tastes a lot better. Amazing. Um, but, but it's critically important, uh, not only for you as a fitness professional, you as a leader, but also too for the impact that you, know, that you wanna make in your community. So people, interestingly enough, ask me, oh, there's so much competition nowadays, and you know, there's this gym and there's that gym. It's like, no, if you can you know, put together a strong program, if you can develop yourself as a leader, if you can do hard things, if you can build more confidence, and you can instill that in confidence in your team, there's a big market for people that basically need what we do. Yeah, yeah, and, and by the way, going back to what you said, you're also a role model. You're a role model to your spouse. You're a role model to your kids. You're a role model to people around you. And so, yes, it's tastier to go to Ben and Jerry's versus the chicken salad. However, people are watching. 
And if little people are watching, like my son and daughter, my daughter's 13, my son just turned 16, they're like gym rats. They go to our gym, they work out with us, they, they track their macros in terms of like, they know what healthy eating is, they, they certainly get um, uh, yogurt land whenever mm -hmm. it's like a cheat night for us, right? So they know how to binge and eat sugary foods just like I do, just mm -hmm. like my wife does. But it's so cool to know that they're never gonna go off track with their diet and workout because we led through example. To, to, to be out of shape, overweight, and then to tell your kids, like, hey, you should work out and eat right, those dots don't connect. No. All they're thinking is hypocrite. 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 But then to just constantly see mom and dad working out, because when they were little puppies, Andrew and Chloe, we couldn't go to the gym at night together, so Di did her gym workout in the morning, I did my gym workout. But you've been to our house, we got that driveway that's 65 yards uphill. Mm -hmm. um, they would watch through the window as they were playing with their little toys and stuff, they'd watch through the windows. Mom and dad did 10 hill sprints every night before coming in and hanging out with them. Um, and that to them was like early on programming, coding, and instilling a discipline in them that now we're like, hey guys, we're going to the gym and they're strapping their shoes on and excited to go and it's not like we're dragging them along. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, to kind of, you know, put a climax on this, B, I mean, what's the big takeaway, you know, for our audience who are interested in personal growth, development, leadership, influence, um, you know, doing hard things, but do you, you want to put a bow on it? Yeah, I, I think the best thing to do is what I tell the, some of the guys, all the guys that go through the project. I'm like, look, you just graduated the project, 75 hours of hardship where a Navy SEAL and a Marine pushed you through physical challenges. And then, of course, I pushed them through emotional, deep work, uh, you know, addressing trauma limiting beliefs, uh, abuse that they had gotten that kind of put a false identity on them, et cetera. So 75 hours of mental, physical, emotional, um, uh, just trauma. And there's no other way we could do it. It's almost like we bring healthier trauma to a formerly traumatized human. And uh, But you graduated this, but if you don't keep doing hard stuff, it's easy to slide back into the person that you were. And so guys, I recommend that several times a year you give yourself a six week challenge. And so the climax here would be that if you're watching this or you're listening to this, pick a six week challenge. Maybe train for six weeks and run a marathon. Maybe learn to surf in six weeks. Maybe do jujitsu challenge. Maybe pick up a new language and try and master it in six mm -hmm. weeks like you have. Um, you know, there's so many great things you can do. Um, our, our friend Andy Frisilla has a program called 75 Hard. Uh, go, and obviously it's not six weeks, it's 75 days uh, for phase one. Like, go do that, but pick a discipline, pick a challenge for six weeks and do it. And when you do, when you stick to it, you will respect yourself more at the end of it. Oh, yeah. You will have greater confidence with yourself, greater relationship with yourself. That critic who's always talking negative stuff in your head is replaced by the advocate who says, "Add a boy, add a girl, you did something, you kept your promise to yourself. And all it was is a six week challenge that then you'll do again, you know, eight, nine, 10 weeks from now, because the moment you stop, you slide back. And the moment you continue to go, that momentum builds, and the momentum builds. <sighs> momentum builds. And for me, you know, it was first lifting weights and getting fit, and then all of a sudden it was moving to another country, okay? And then as I gained more stamina, then okay, I could open a business, okay? Then I could open multiple locations. Then as it turns out, I can be the vice president of an international franchise. Now I can be the CEO mm -hmm. of an international franchise. But the message here, friends, is, is one thing leads to the next, and either you're moving behind or you move forward mm. and the only way to do that really is to challenge yourself well said
Well said. All right, friends. Well, uh, I know you got a ton of value today. And as always, assuming that you did, go ahead and give us a like and a subscribe on YouTube and write an awesome review on iTunes that we can keep producing this content for you for free. That's all for today. Thanks, B. Thank you.